So as I was thinking about what to share with you guys tonight, I just wanted to kind of put the two together, um, why you should go on a missions trip. <laughs> um, this is not something that the Lord just uniquely does for me. However, the reason why there's a report to give after a missions trip is because God desires to do things through missions. He has a missionary heart. He has an evangelistic heart. And he asks us as his people to go. You don't necessarily have to run out, get a degree in nursing, and run halfway around the world and use nursing skills. Brother and Mrs. Rosine, they're in their 80s. She was a nurse uh, for more years than I've been alive. Um, she retired a couple of years ago. They are still going on these trips, and he basically helps with crowd control. He helps with um, as they come through the front, um, and they're in their 80s, and they, they just will not. He says, right now, we are just not going to give up going on missions trips, and so I look forward to seeing them as possible. About once a year, they end up on a trip at the same time as I do. So there is a reason, I believe, that all of us, we should think about and at least consider for God in our own lives, and one of the things that He can use for all of us, no matter your age, no matter your skill, is to use uh, each of us in missions. Now sometimes that can mean right down the road. Pack up your family on a Sunday morning, go down to City Baptist downtown, and then sing and serve. So it's not necessarily meaning around the world, though I do believe that when you're willing to go around the world, God does some things with your perspective. Because the rest of the world, unfortunately, in many ways, is not like we get to enjoy. And so as we um, consider why you should go on a missions trip, um, it also has a couple of the things that God was doing through the trip that I was on. And the very first one um, is this verse here that I want you to think about. This is a verse that is a theme verse for Operation New Hope. It says, Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues. Now notice what it starts with. If you do not start with the goal of the gospel on any trip you go on, you're wasting your time. Yeah, you may make a difference somewhere. We call that the social gospel. The reason why is you're spreading goodness. You're not spreading good news. And so the foundational principle of Operation Renewed Hope and really any trip that I would like to be associated with, there has to be an element of the gospel that is being shared or given through the trip that you're going on. Otherwise, just call it a vacation and have fun. And then he goes on and says, I'm preaching the gospel of the kingdom. So not only just teaching them through our lives, through what we're doing, but also the gospel component. Um, sometimes you've got to go sharing forcefully, emphatically, it might be a better word, the good news of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And what that does for that individual that you're speaking with. And then it goes on, and then healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And we did our best. Now because of COVID restrictions, the country of Uganda has also been very uh, mindful of that because they had a couple of outbreaks um, not only of COVID in the capital, but also um, they had some outbreaks of yellow fever before we went. So they were very mindful of the health care component. 
So they, were, they came alongside and basically limited how many people we could see, because normally the floodgates open. You just say, hey, we're going to be here, this is the time, and when you get there, there's over 350, 400 people standing out there waiting to get in. So what they did is there were some villages that they wanted to target um, to help minister with this church that's already out there in the middle of nowhere. And so they went to those villages prior to our arrival, and then they had basically a gospel meeting, and then they handed out tokens. They handed about 200 tokens in each of these villages. These villages are close enough for them to walk or ride a bike over to where the clinic was going to be, but it's an area where the missionary there, who has a man that's about to take over that ministry, is wanting to expand that ministry to these other villages. And so we were able to use the physical ailments of the body to open the door for the great news of the gospel. And so the first one I, I want you to think about is people need Christ. Now people need Christ, whether they're your neighbor, Russell, or they're across the world, and you can't pronounce the name. People need Christ. And this is the main reason that you should consider going on a missions trip is that everywhere in every country, people need Christ. And if there's a trip that can take you out of the comfort of your home here and place you in that particular location, and you still get to share the gospel, it shouldn't matter to you the discomforts you might endure for a short period of time. You need to be driven by this particular thought that people need Christ. And as we were there, we got to see people from everywhere. They came, um, most by foot would walk up out of the, the jungle area there. Um, it's kind of a, it's a mid-Sahara, so it's not super jungle, but it does have its heat and its rain. We were there in the beginning of the rainy season. Uh, the Lord was good, it only rained twice. One was at night while we were asleep, and the other was in the morning, and we just dug a bunch of ditches, and then the rain stopped, and we were great. But we got to see people, and they continued to come, and they came, and they came, and obviously my, my focus, my expertise is with the young ones. And so got lots of pictures of young ones, but they're everywhere. But this is the next generation of Ugandans that need the gospel. Yeah, their mamas and daddies came, but there were literally hundreds of children everywhere. And so as we were there, we were able to take the gospel and share it most of the time with their parents, but many of the times these kids were with their parents and they would come into the meetings as well, invited or uninvited. Um, very curious. They were just looking in to see what was going on. And um, I had given them stickers. The one on, I guess it would be, yes, your left. Um, I gave her uh, like a little couple pages of stickers and then she was like a shadow the rest of the week. Um, uh, every, every chance she had, she was there during a lunchtime. She was over in the edge, and she would come and sit down with all of her friends. As you can tell, she brought her friends. Um, but even, even in this, you know, as we began to share, we had something they desired. They went out, and then they brought others. But it was very interesting that those that were saved on the first day, they were already being discipled the second day, but then there were folks that coming because of their gospel presentation of, hey, you need to go see these people because not only do they have help for your body and your ailments, they have the gospel. So they were becoming missionaries immediately in their little villages. People need Christ. And so as we were going through, um, basically the way the, the, the clinic works is they go through, 
they get to see two of the three areas. They can pick a doctor or the optometrist or a doctor in dentistry, or they can skip the doctor and just do dentists and eyes. But they get to pick two of those three. So they'll go through those lines, they will see those doctors, and then every doctor, dentist, or eye doctor will have a prescription. doesn't matter what it might be for, they get a prescription. Why? Because they need to go see the great physician. So they go and they sit right here, their papers are collected, they're turned over to the pharmacy, and the pharmacy will fill those prescriptions. Now some are, I mean, they're real medications. I mean, we don't just play around with just here's your vitamin, you're done for the day. No, some will get vitamins, the kids will get a, a health pack or something like that. But many of these, I mean, they were getting blood pressure medication, they were getting heart medication, they were getting medication that makes a difference in their life for the long term, um, especially for some of them that can't make it up to the capital or can't get the access to that kind of care. So as their prescriptions were being filled, they were sit sitting out here, and then they were called in by groups, and then the preacher... Um, Brother Paul, would, he would share the gospel with them. He also had one of his young men that he's been training, um, Pastor Matty, um, who also got to do a lot of the speaking because he's going to be the man that's going to be leading these people um, in their discipleship. And so he allowed that young man to have a lot of speaking opportunities in sharing the gospel. Um, on the first night, day, we had 79 saved. Uh, second was like closer to 100, and then the third day was another 75 to 79 that were saved. So they go into the service, then they raise their hand for salvation, and then they're dealt with by, by a local. We don't do any of, the, any of that. Now, there have been some trips in the past where an evangelist from the United States would go and speak through an interpreter, but most of these trips now, it is a local pastor that has a local congregation or a missionary, a local missionary, uh, Brother Paul is a local missionary that have, was basically trained by um, Keith Stensus, who's a missionary there in Uganda. Um, but he has four churches, and he wants to start three in this area. So he's turning this one over to Pastor Matty, and then Brother Matty is going to be reaching these three villages with the gospel. And so they were able to, this church here runs about 60 people um, currently, and Almost 250 that were added to their 150 that were church membership. So we would get them. They were used to sitting. They were waiting patiently. Now a few of them they do cut in line. So you have to have crowd control. Which any of y'all could come and do that on one of our trips. You can come and say, hey, 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 no, 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 you, <laughs> this is your seat. And you just reshuffle everybody where they belong. Um, but you can also have an interaction with them, with or without the interpreter there. Um, it was amazing how much you can communicate with some of them. Now, some of them do speak English um, because it's a, it's a trade language, um, and they learn it through their, their jobs. Um, the second thing that we thought about as I was coming back was people need help we can give. It doesn't matter what that looks like. So you may have a mission trip where you're just going to go and you're going to put flyers on doors. People need the help that we can give. It doesn't mean that they cannot get the help they need without us. It simply means that God can use us to go and do a small part in reaching them through what we can do. For me, it's medicine. Now, yes, I do get to use um, the gospel. I get to 
fellowship with the church there. I got to fellowship with our interpreters, um, had a fantastic time with um, uh, some of the interpreters that were helping in the, in the doctor side of things, uh, Robert and John and Wycliffe and others. Uh, we were able to really have a great fellowship, but people need the help many times that we can give. And, and for us, that's the gospel. For me, it's I open the door to the gospel with my medicine. Because as there was one lady that came, and I'll show you at the end of the slide here, she came, and we could not have come at a better time for her. She went and saw, um, we brought a doctor, Dr. Tori. Um, she was from um, up north. She's a lady doctor, OBGYN. And this lady went to see her, and her baby was breech. And she was less than two weeks away from delivery. Now, in that village, that means mama and baby both die. Because there will be no way for her to deliver that one safely. And so we got there, and then Operation Renewed Hope, we, we got involved through the missionary, through Wycliffe, um, one of the translators who took a, uh, he took a brunt of the responsibility um, of arranging where she could get to the hospital that she was going to need to go to, uh, where she would be able to have a C-section, and this baby would be um, able to be delivered safely. But people need help we can give. And it may be a sticker that you give to encourage them. Um, I like this. This is one of our interpreters. He's holding a little baby for the mama while she's getting um, some medical help. But even in, in fellowshipping with the interpreters, they were encouraged by us being there. But even the interpreter there was providing help and came to provide the thing that they could do well in seeing the gospel go forward, and that is translating for the medicine, for the doctors, for the dentists, and for others. And um, that way, those folks would be able to be helped by us, and then they would be open to the gospel, which they were. Very, very open. Um, I'm, I'm painting a little girl's head with a purple medication <laughs> um, to help with the uh, skin fungus that she has. And this is one of our lead doctors, Dr. Dersh. He's from South Carolina, um, working with one of the Maranatha nurses to, um, and his interpreter to uh, help this entire family. And that's what we did for three days straight, one after another, after another, after another, after another. And yes, you're tired. Yes, you're, you're, you're sweaty. Uh, yes, the, it rains on you. Um, but at the end of the week, when you look back, um, and every evening on the bus ride home, the missionary would communicate to us how many had been saved. Because we do this. I did not share the gospel with any individual at the clinic, but I got to live the gospel for three straight days. Because they are more open to hear that the great physician is here to heal the greatest need they have when a physician or a nurse just helped them with the need they had. They're much more open. And so people need help. Then as I came back, I was sitting on the flight, and this is a whole other message that I, I wrote in my notebook. Um, the encouraging of the church. You know, we came back from Wyoming, and we went out there to be an encouragement and you come back encouraged. I, I went to Uganda to help people with their physical and to fellowship, and I came back encouraged, though my goal was to encourage them. And I know that it was mutual. Um, 
the church that we were there, there was, a, there was a church that has been there for a while. But there were folks that were there that were reading God's Word, and their pastor and the Word were not matching up. And the pastor was telling them, you need more training to thoroughly understand what the Bible actually says. And they were like, but it doesn't say that. You're out of here. Then we went to the main city to look for, um, to see if there was anyone that could teach the Word of God. And so when they got there, the different churches, one of the churches they ended up at was a church that had been founded by Keith Stensis, the missionary that we were staying with in Uganda. And they were like, oh yeah, we can hook you up. And so the pastor um, took them, these folks with Brother Stensis, he knew that Pastor Paul was wanting to minister in this area, so Pastor Paul went out and they began to work with these folks to disciple them in what the Scripture says, and out of that was born back to the Bible, Independent Baptist Church. On a little thumb of land in the middle of Lake Victoria, God was working. So yeah, we went to encourage this church because this church is trying in their community to reach that little thumb of land that has hundreds of people living on it, thousands of people living on this little thumb of land. Their first mind was, we want to see them come. How can we best do that? So yes, the church was growing. Like I said, they had 60 in their church. That's through their kind of door-to-door. Um, they, were, they were reaching their communities, but they you know, with the, um, the connection that ORH has with Key Sense, he said, hey, we can go out there, we can do a medical clinic, and we can help them reach even more. And so we were able to go to this little bitty church that's in the middle of this little thumb of land, and we were able to help them by reaching out through um, providing something that this entire area needs. They came to us. They shared the gospel. Not they preached the gospel to them. And like I said, on Monday, or I mean on Tuesday, our first day at clinic, the folks that were reached on Tuesday, they were being followed up on Wednesday and being discipled in their little village by the next day. And so they're already working to get out there. They have this little bitty church that will not hold any more than 60. Um, That's packed. And so what they're doing is um, they are looking, if you see off to the side of there, there's that open area. They're looking to buy that piece of property so that they can plant a church. That property is going to cost them $1,000. And we took up an offering while we were there and pretty much almost covered the entire cost of them buying that property. So they're going to build a church there in that little downtown. (laughs) Um, That's all it is, is a few shacks. They're going to put a church there that's bigger than the one they have, but it's more centrally located. And then they're going to begin reaching out to those seen at the clinic and receiving Jesus Christ as their Savior. Encouraging the church. Do you realize that it does not matter whether I stood at the front gate and smiled at people as they came in and took their coin like Brother Rosine, or whether I was the nurse in the back that was helping them with the medications and the things that the doctors needed, we both equally were an encouragement. It doesn't matter what your skill level is sitting here tonight, you can go on any missions trip. And I would encourage you to be thinking about not only yourself, but your family. Like I said, this was the entire group, uh, translators, um, 
with Paul with his wife there on the front, um, kneeling down at that little table, and um, all the translators that are from that area as well, some from a little bit further, um, all the doctors, the Maranatha team, everybody gathered together. Um, so this was the team basically that did everything that was there going on that week, um, and the Lord blessed. Like I said, um, we had over 100 souls saved, and um, out of the four or 500 that came, and um, every single one of those will be followed up. Um, this is one of the interpreters. Uh, his name is Robert. He's standing there talking uh, with Brother Paul. Um, but their heart and their, 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 their heart is for those people right there in that area. So we're not leaving them like on just, hey, it was a momentary time. We did a good thing for them. We gave some medicine. No, they have a local representative that's going to be sharing the gospel with them every single Sunday and other days of the week and reaching them for the cause of Christ and developing them, discipling them, mentoring them. And then they'll turn around and they'll do this again, uh, Lord willing, with one of our trips in the future in another little area. And uh, we'll be again to see. Um, they came from different areas. The translators came from the main city. They came from other little villages. Um, they, you know, they were all on their own little bus uh, with the doctor as well. And they would come in every day and they would help us with the interpretation. And then you get to see God work. And you can do that here. You know, you pray and you ask for God for a burden for those that are around you in your little neighborhood. You're going to see God work. You don't got to go to Uganda just to do this. But God sent me to Uganda and I got to see him. I got to see the church packed with groups like this 20 to 30 times a day. Nobody's trying to leave. Nobody was trying to get out of there. Nobody was saying, I need my medicine. I need to go home. They would all come in. Brother Paul, Brother Maddie would speak to them and share with them the gospel. And then you would walk by and you would see them in there dealing with them one-on-one -on -one and leading them to the Lord. And God did a work there that those folks there were so grateful for. Because they could not have reached 150 people in a couple of years. But these folks came to them because we provided medicine and care and they were able to win them to the Lord. Also mentioned, so about three days ago in my email, I got an email from Brother Jan Milton. We got this little email from Wycliffe. This was the mama with the breech baby. We were able to get her into a hospital there, and they were able to deliver the little baby by C-section, and the little baby is just doing great. Wycliffe said in his email, he said, Mommy and baby doing great. Thanking God every moment for you all. To God be the glory. So Wycliffe has an opportunity now. This mom, after she was, the doctor said, your breach, we're going to start working on trying to figure out what we can do. So she went ahead and went to pharmacy. She went to the service. We followed up with her the next day because she had back with her little paper to be able to be taken into town to um, start setting some of this up. And they talked with her, and she had accepted Christ the day before. So now this little man is going to grow up in a home with a mama who loves the Lord, who was saved because of a mission trip that the Lord was able to get me to go on. Now, he didn't have to twist my arm. 
Because long ago I said, Lord, if I can go on these trips using medicine, I'll do that. And I'll do that all by itself if you want to take away my work and make this a possibility. <laughs> I'm still working. So we also had a little fellowship at the end. We were able to sit down with some of these docs. I've become good friends with a lot of these docs. Dr. Harry Gibson, he's up in the Wisconsin area. Um, Dan Jones, he, I've been going on trips with him. He's now the new director of Operation Renewed Hope. Um, John Gray, I went with him to Cambodia, and he was able to reconnect on this trip. He's there in the blue. Um, young man on the end, that's one of the um, uh, Maranatha students. But all through, we were able to just fellowship with each other, encourage each other in what God was doing in our lives, as well as be encouraged by what God did while we were on the trip. So we had a time of fellowship that day. Um, we had a lunch there, and then, like I said, we had just got done uh, right before this, getting our nose swapped. Um, this is me eating. So eating what? <laughs> Termites. You're like, I don't care how much God twists my arm. I'm not going to go to no foreign country and eat no termites. Well, you don't have to. You just have to be able to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Now, it doesn't mean you've got to go and eat termites, but for you, it might be using a hole in the ground. That's your toilet versus using the facilities that you're used to. So, um, John, he was the interpreter for the dentist, and I were eating lunch. And we were just talking about all the people that had been pulling teeth, because all the students were pulling teeth, the dentist was pulling teeth. It seemed like everybody was pulling teeth. And I said, so have you pulled teeth? And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Ah, no, 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 I don't do that. I'm not going to pull no teeth. And the nurse that was with him said, yeah, well, they told him a couple times, pull some teeth, pull some teeth. You need to come up here and pull some teeth. And he's like, no, no, I'm not going to pull teeth. Well, he had just got done offering me to eat some termites. And I said, all right, you pull a tooth, I'll eat your termites. Now, what he did not know is that I've had termites before when I was in Peru, but, um, and so I knew that I was going to be able to probably stomach them, but I didn't know what they were cooked at and how they were cooked. And so I said, you pull a tooth, and um, I'll eat your termites. And lo and behold, at the end of the day, he comes over, and he's got a video that shows him pulling a tooth um, with uh, the doctor's, mostly the doctor's help, but with a, his own little effort there at the end. And so I was able to eat a little um, of his termites. They fry them. Don't worry. They're not, they're not that bad. Um, they're, they're fried. They could have used a little, um, you know, Cajun seasoning, but they were good um, overall, and he, he was just blown away, and um, he couldn't stop talking about it for the rest of the night. But uh, you have a chance to fellowship, you know. Um, it was a small thing, but it really connected me and John, and we were able to, to talk later on at dinner um, about how that had spoiled my dinner. Um, but we were able to go to the equator there. You get to do some of these things. I'm not saying this is going on mission trips because you can go on this. But we were able to stop at the equator and um, enjoy some time, some coffee, some nice restaurant at the end with um, fellowshipping. Like I said, I had nursing students all around my table, and we were just talking about what they had learned and what God had done in their heart and in their life. And it was just encouraging. Without exception, all the, um, the nurses at my table I am coming on a and maybe God will let me do this. And I said, just one more time? And they're like, I don't know. But if he were to ask me to do this as the only thing that I would do, I would do it. And so that's the point of being able to go on a missions trip. You get to have a little fun. 
Yes, people need Christ. We saw a lot of people receive Christ. You know, the asking, will you go? There's three guys. The missionary's son is uh, standing there. It doesn't take a hundred percent of knowledge in a particular field to be a doctor, to be, you know, all of that. No. If you can fold a tent, you can go on a missions trip. And you will have more fun folding a tent, and you will never believe that folding a tent can be more productive for the cause of Christ around the world you do it on a mission trip. Because the Bible says that if you give a glass of water in my name, and you've done it for the least of these, you've done it for me. And so will you go? Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're trained to do. You might end up doing something different. But if you're willing to let God move you out of your comfortable little house and your comfortable little schedules, and you go to a foreign country, you go down the road, you go on a building trip, and you say, I will do whatever God wants me to do, by the time you come back, you'll say, I have never hammered so many nails that had such significance for the cause of Christ. This verse, I read on the way over. I'm a little ahead of my Bible reading. I'm almost done with the book of Revelation. And the whole week, this verse was in my head, and I shared it many times with the missionaries as well that was there. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And I feel like it's a little unfair that I've already got to meet some of those members of that mighty band before you do. But you can go on a mission trip to where God calls you to go, and you can meet those Christians and see others come to Christ. Um, and then when you're standing there before the throne, the reason why you're going to be saying salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb is because you know what you deserved and what He did for you. And you were happy to go somewhere else and tell them what they deserve and what they could hear was the good news. And the two of you now are standing under the throne and you're praising God together because of salvation. Why should you go on a mission trip? Because you're saved. And people need 